0: Hey guys, it's me, Noah, the voice of the one and only Skoga here on the Skeleton Crew. Before we get into another juicy episode, got a couple of announcements for ya. Guess what happened last Monday? That's right, our very first live stream. We were over there playing World of Warcraft, we got our characters set up, and we found a way to exploit the in-game economy to make massive amounts of money, which we have been doing since then. So next time we play, we're going to be rolling in the dough speaking of the next time we play that's going to be this coming monday at 6 to nine thirty p.m pacific standard time that's the west coast so if you're anywhere east of the west coast make sure you adjust accordingly if you're on the west coast you're perfect you're golden so be there or be square twitch.tv slash flash fantasy. As for other announcements, be sure you go check out our other show, Riftwalkers. That one's pretty awesome. Things are heating up over there. The plot thickens continually, just like a delicious gravy. Make sure you stay up to date with everything on our website, flashfantasypodcast.com. We got stories, we got art, we got all the good stuff over there. And last but not least, be sure to follow us on Twitter at FF underscore cast. We're always posting updates about the show, uh, making sure everybody knows what is up. And also, if you guys want to interact with us, join our Discord. There's a link in the episode description. We love to have people over there. Some people have joined. We talk with them. We laugh with them. We cry with them. You know, we show off the dice that we're making. All that kind of stuff. So come join us on Discord. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, that was all I had. Here's the Skeleton Crew.
1: Where we last left the skeleton crew, they had just entered the ultimate room of the Sith Tomb they had ventured into. As they approached a strange altar inscribed with the name of Ajunta Paul, they heard a terrible racket from behind them. Suddenly, a large collapse of stone and dust cascading around the entrance they had come in, and muffled, distant explosions and voices. And then, scrambling around the corner, into the room where they now all stood, Gordax, Popo, Drell, and Skoga saw their good old friend, Wes Pantir, And behind him, Mistress Adon and a small contingent of Sith troopers. Drell next to the altar actually turns around and is like, no, no, they're not supposed to be here. <sighs> We're not done. And he starts furiously reading and
2: tracing these inscriptions. Headmistress, if you would give us a little more time, I am still in the middle of my pilgrimage.
1: No, I'm sorry, but you've disturbed a very sacred and important tomb and- No, this
2: sacred and important tomb disturbed me. (laughs) Wow, you should have seen the things in here. Crazy stuff. (laughs) There was a guy who made lizards out of lemons. Weird, weird dude. And then there were bugs. They had cinnamon shells. I swear I'm not making this stuff up.
3: And at this point, Gordax reaches into his side pouch and he pulls out one of the cinnamon bugs that he'd stashed away before their fight with pickle. And he hands it in the direction of Mistress Adar and says, the lizard speaks true. Taste for you.
4: Did you say bugs with cinnamon shells? I I did. I did say that. A cinnamon candy? (laughs)
1: And so Mr. Sedan, waving her arm in front of her hand in front of her, says, Yes, yes, I know. I saw the vagrant in the other room. The question is who he was and more importantly, what business he had with you all.
2: You can ask Gordax.
3: I think he knows this guy. And Gordax points to Skoka. <laughs> well, he doesn't know me. He was making a big point to try to kill I mean, look at his arm. His arm is missing
1: that's a good argument no
2: okay he must have had some no personal no, no no against no no all right all right one this is harassment because i am disabled because i only have one on number two he was coming after gordax here he was like you don't remember me gordax and then i was and then gordax was like um let's kill this guy and i i thought he was an enemy so i started to kill him and obviously he attacked me the most Because I was the biggest threat. Well, regardless, we'll have to detain you all for further questioning
1: and impound your ship immediately. Now wait. Now wait. Perhaps we can make you a dinner. At this point, Dr. (laughs) Dr. Drell turns around and says, ah, perfect. Thank you for stalling. And then he (laughs) pushes a little button on the side of the altar and it splits into four pieces and just creaks apart these ancient metal mechanisms underneath driving the stone away and a tiny obelisk rises out of it atop of it a sort of basin where a similar egg-shaped artifact sits and as he does this and as this happens a sudden purple blue light fills the room an explosion of sound temporarily deafens all of you except Popo. really maybe his audio receptors clip, but everyone else gets that ringing in their ears, like shell shock. And then you all find yourselves, Mistress Adon and the four Sith troopers included, suspended in the air in these linked energy bubbles made of this purple
2: glowing aura.
5: Oh, somebody turned off the gravity. Guys,
2: isn't it obvious I can use the Force? Oh, dear. My powers cannot be fathomed. Kneel before Lord Croc.
4: <laughs> Wes gives in a very, very sarcastic bow. He as as much as is physically possible while suspended in an energy. Orb. Does Wes
3: like start tumbling? Cause he like, pl- <laughs> I, uh,
4: yeah, like he he's gonna try to kneel as much as is humanly possible while in an energy orb in the most sarcastic manner, also humanly possible.
1: Yeah, it's it's like if you're suspended on wires. You know, you don't really have too much inertia, so you're just sort of starting to float forward, and you, there's nothing to super stop yourself. So, okay, cool. So you said these are almost these are like visible bubbles of of energy.
3: Yes, Gordax is going to attempt to slice his open,
1: quotes, with his cleaver. As you swing your cleaver against the edge of the bubble, it crackles with energy, and the metal grows hot in your hand.
3: Then immediately, he pulls it back and lets himself float for a bit while looking
1: at Mistress Adon. actually, trying to see what she's doing. She's freaking out. She's trying to give orders. She's yelling at the other soldiers who are scrambling for their weapons and completely unable to get them. And it's at that point that you hear a voice echoing from the back of this chamber, seeming to come from a large sarcophagus that has slid open while you were all distracted. And another being suspended in one of these bubbles of shimmering energy, a corpse, really, glides forth in the air and comes to rest just above the obelisk and the egg. And it says, You
6: have disturbed my sleep.
5: Well, if you didn't want to be disturbed, you probably shouldn't have had a magic button that awoke you at a press. I'm just saying, if you wanted to stay asleep forever, you probably should have not had an alarm.
6: My master, Ajunta Paul, left me here as a keeper. A defender of this artifact for those who were not worthy to take it.
5: That's disappointing. You're not even a Junta Paul himself. Uh, when st- So do you get like
6: paid by the hour?
5: Or Yes, what's in it for you? Silence
6: for you to believe that my illustrious master would be so shallowly entombed is insulting. <coughs> to prove, then You are ones who can take the artifact from this place. You must demonstrate to me that you are able to take life and
2: give it. So wait, now, we killed Pickle. Does that count as taking life?
1: Fools! And then he reaches forth his hand, and a bolt of this purple misty, hazy energy strikes into Skoga's chest and then arcs and strikes into Mistress Adon's, and she screams this horrible gargling thing that transforms into little more than a puckered belch as her skin deflates and she shrivels up to dust in an instant. Meanwhile Skoga's arm regrows as if it were never lost. Hey,
2: that's pretty neat. I'd say that was a fair trade. (laughs) Can you show me how to do that?
6: Unless you are capable of such power, you are not worthy of wielding my master's knowledge. Well, I could
2: have done that if you gave me, like, a month. The arm would have come back. And then I could have killed her, so it would have...
6: Your insolence is noted.
3: So, if you want us to prove ourselves. It doesn't do us much good to be trapped up here, Gordak says as he's slowly
1: spinning around in a circle. (laughs) Dr. Drell's like, yep, he, he makes a fine point. I'm inclined to agree with the basilisk.
3: I say, you let us, he says motioning to all of them except for the Sith Troopers, out of these little bubbles. And let's come to an agreement of what we can do and what you can do. And then we'll see how things play from there. With these, he says, motioning to the Sith Troopers. Well, maybe they'll come in handy, but perhaps keep them as they are for now. What do you say?
1: Brent, Heath, why don't you roll a charm check? for me? Not negotiation? Okay. (laughs) Oh, actually no, yeah. Why don't we do it? Why don't you roll a hard negotiation? Cool. And hard is three? Three. Yeah. Two successes. The crew is immediately free. These bubbles burst around you and you flop down onto the stone floor of the tomb. The Sith troopers are still suspended in the air behind you.
3: Landing upon his feet now and kind of brushing some dust off of himself, Gordax slowly starts approaching this altar where I'm assuming I almost called him Riyad. Approaching the altar where Drell is still standing, right? Yes, Drell is there. All right. So, approaching, he's now addressing this being. and Did you say he was also in like an energy orb, or was he just
1: kind of floating? He's floating in an energy orb as well. Okay. Above and behind the obelisk and whatnot. Now,
3: there, see? We can all be reasonable here. I think that there lies within this artifact a great deal of power. Of course there is. Why else would the great master have left someone to protect it? And, as I'm sure we all can attest to, We possess in ourselves a great deal of power and influence. And I would say, combined with our skill set and the things that we can do, which perhaps you, because of your current station, could not, I find it, well, why, almost fitting that... You could give us a task, perhaps, to put this to use. I'm sure the great master Juntapal
1: had something he wished to accomplish while still alive. This being looks at you with, I guess, a raised eyebrow. A quizzical look. And then it goes,
6: Yes. A task. A last wish. Very well. You may take the artifact and use
5: it to your purposes. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> um yes, we will take the artifact and use it for our purposes, and you'll be a happy little guardian staying in here for the rest of eternity. <laughs> the rest of us will go to the surface world and wreak wonders with the artifact,
3: right? absolutely right, my metal friend. And Gordax, who'd been somewhat expecting a butt or something at the end of the being's claws, just proceeds to
1: try to pick it up. You reach forward and up, grasp the egg, pluck it off of its little basin, and it's yours. Wow, great! Well, he is elated and...
3: (laughs) He takes out some of the cloth that he had used to wrap up some of these cinnamon bugs and he kind of shakes it in his pouch to like get him out of it. And then he pulls it out, kind of slaps it against his leg a few times and then carefully wraps up this egg in some cloth and
5: tucks it away in his satchel. Papa looks at the being and says, I hope you don't mind it being cinnamon flavored because, you know, that's what it's going to be from now on.
6: As long as your purposes are fulfilled, my
4: master will be pleased. As long as we manage to do what we want to do? Our purposes. (laughs) All right.
3: I guarantee you they will be fulfilled. And he kind of claps Drell on the shoulder, kind of a little forcefully trying to get him to turn
1: towards the exit now, and Gordax just starts. Oh, Drell is... Drill is a hundred percent trying to get out of there like, yep yep thank you very much we'll take this we'll do with it which we will and we will bid you adieu. he kind of just gives little salutes to the Sith troopers that are still suspended at mid he's like as you were come on gents I'm calling the ship Gordax has fallen all right
0: yes yeah, Goga's following as well you know on his way and he's like yes thank you and very nice home you have very nice
2: <laughs> thank you and then he leaves
5: West follows. As Papa leaves, he says, Just a word of advice. When in underground isolation for millennia, if you talk to yourself too much, you get crazy a little faster. Just from experience. Bye. And then he, you know, <laughs> skedaddles right after everyone else.
1: Outside, as you're nearing the entrance to the tomb once more, Drell pushing little buttons on his wrist computer, you hear quite a commotion. Some workers screaming and running about. And as you step outside, there's dust being blown around, there's tents that have been knocked over, and your big, dumb (laughs) A ship is just touching down right next to the entrance to the tomb.
4: (laughs) Who's flying this? Gordax
3: looks over at him. You mean to tell me you can... Fly
1: that thing with your wrist? Well, no, not exactly. I just tell it where to park, and it does it a little bit on its own. (laughs)
3: Looks like... uh, uh, Never mind. I am happy to get on the ship and away from here. (laughs) He says,
5: kind of patting the satchel. Papo analyzes it and says, Well, it did a better job than the lizard. (laughs) What are you
2: talking about? I totally got us out of that. I totally intimidated them with my force powers.
5: I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the crappy landing that you brought us in, you know, when we arrived on this stupid planet with this stupid sand and this stupid Sith and this stupid- Now wait, if I
2: remember, I was not the one piloting the ship. Who was piloting the ship?
1: No one was piloting the now, ship. Now, now, we now, can, we can go through all this minutia later before the uh, Dark Lords and such come <laughs> to their valley here. Why don't we- Get on our nice little way. We have our prize. Is, is this this is all we needed, yes? I'm I'm set, I'm fine if y'all are.
3: Oh dandy and Gordax pretty much charges giddily
2: towards the ship. I do have one small order of business before we leave. Papo. thank you for holding my sword. I can take it back now, thanks to Ajuntapal's right hand man.
5: Yes, yes, take it. And he pulls the sword out of his back and hands it to Skoga. All
2: right, let's be off.
1: Everyone climbs aboard the ship then? Yes. Yep. yeah. As a pair of speeders are making their way into the Valley of the Dark Lords, Drell just initiates the takeoff sequence and it blasts up into a hovering position as more and more Corriban authorities begin to gather underneath you. Um, would somebody like to get us out of here?
4: We've already been over this drill. No one knows how to fly this ship. So, anyone can do this.
2: Well, then what are we supposed to do? I've
4: actually been thinking about
2: this. I don't know why we didn't do this earlier. So, if we recall, one of the other planets, it started with an I. Ilium. Illum. ilara I don't know. Y- yes, one of, one of those places. Yes. That was the last known location of Bog. And it has a Sith egg on it, so we should head there next, because as much as I love Bog for who he is, I also love him because he's a pilot, (coughs) and he could probably fly the ship much better than any of us. So if we can just get there, have another smooth landing like we did here on Korriban, then we never have to worry about it again.
4: That may be the most sensible thing that I have heard you say, Skoga. I'm all for that. If someone would like to at
1: least just take us into space, and I think Wes would be able to plot a hyperspace route in no time. Just before these Sith and the lag get a a little less than friendly.
5: I could do it. (sighs) I'm smart enough. And then Papa goes up to the chair and sits down in the pilot seat, and he's going to attempt to fly the ship.
1: All right, let's do piloting planetary. It will be daunting Ugh. and because of your ship's handling you get four setback dice.
5: Oh
3: gosh. Yikes. <laughs> I say you use a force point or something. Not a like.
5: A... So I'm gonna add a destiny point to upgrade one of my die.
3: Yeah, yeah. Gordax, who does does have a bit of experience in ships from his travels with his mentor learning different cultures, culinary arts, he uh he tries to assist Popo in any way he can.
1: All right, I'll let you have a boost die.
5: Papo turns to Gordox and says, you know, the biggest problem with this ship is that everything about it is absolute pure trash. And then he begins putting in buttons and says, you know, I could put in the exact perfect commands to make this thing fly and watch. And then he, you know, hits one last button. <laughs> nice. And gets two successes <laughs> and two threats. <laughs>
1: And as you push the button, it just blasts off. (laughs) Like the vertical boosters beneath you are just accelerating you up, and you are being pushed into the floor of your ship (laughs) as you breach the atmosphere and smash through a satellite (laughs) and then continue flying, I guess now sideways throughout space. Papa
5: says. See what I'm talking about? I wanted to gently follow a nice and happy path all the way up beyond the atmosphere, not crashing into anything. And the ship was like, F you, mate. Now, now Wes, would you mind getting on the uh, astrogational
1: stuff? Because looking at a big old radar, drills like, there's a red thingy
4: going toward (laughs) the the green thingy. thingy. (laughs) I think we're the green thingy. (laughs) <laughs> all right uh that's what 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 is that uh, is there an astrogation so that's gonna be yeah, that is astrogation yes right?
1: astrogation
4: okay. for ilum
1: will do hard that's four yeah three i have two successes
5: the wheat okay then i have to do the pilots check to go right yeah
1: let's do space piloting um you'll get a boost die and force up
5: daunting again
1: uh no hard three
3: because there's a lot fewer things to uh crash into in space. Really, is there that much apparently.
4: stuff to crash into going into space? <laughs> I mean, it's mostly empty S- air. Sat- sat-
5: satellites, apparently. I'll Which tell apparently you, we can
4: just push through, so there's no problem.
5: The math involved that, that it took to actually hit that satellite, I'm sure somebody out there listening to this is like, that's impossible. But, you know. <laughs> Coincidence is always possible. So, Papo says, now, I have no idea what's going to happen when I push this button here after he sets everything up. And he points to a flashing blue button kind of to his right. But it's supposed to send us into hyperspace. Are you ready, Gordax? You should probably get on the comms and tell everyone to strap in and prepare for an explosion. Literally
4: everyone is here. Just hit the button.
3: And with that, Gordax reaches his meaty right hand over and smacks the
1: button in front of (laughs) Papo. And you start blasting off (laughs) Just through space toward the hyperspace point where you can finally enter. And then as laser bolts start exploding around you from multiple Sith interceptors, Drell runs forward and pushes the throttle forward and you speed up to light speed and you blast off into hyperspace. and everyone lets out a collective breath. All right,
4: I would say that was pretty smooth. I could not agree more, Skoga. While you were all dilly-dallying inside that tomb, I found something very interesting. Did you find the Sith egg? No, I found this. And you see, he presses a button on the cuff of his coat, and you see the entire thing change color. And then you see him press a couple more buttons, and it just goes cycling through colors, one after another, and he says, The interesting thing is that everyone on Korriban wears black, which makes no sense on a desert planet, but they do it because they're all evil. So I managed to find one person who actually liked wearing color, but they needed the ability to change it instantly to black if anyone else showed up. And that's where I found this. And so, yeah, he just starts messing around with it. And it's just jumping all the colors of the rainbow. We're talking like really, really neon pink all the way down to like weird dirt brown. And he's just playing with it. I've spent the last 10 years looking for something this interesting and this useful, and I have not found it. Forget the Sith egg. This was the real treasure of Korriban. So you're telling
2: me that while I was getting my arm blown off by a weirdo named Pickle, you were over here looking at
4: coats? I'm going to ask you one thing.
5: If I were there trying to help you with this weirdo named Pickle, would I have made any difference? Absolutely not. And let me just tell you, if I were evil, I'd probably wear white, just to throw people off.
2: Well, if I were evil, I would probably wear green. Gordax, if you were evil, what color would you wear?
5: Well,
3: assuming we do what this being told us to do, we're all going to be evil pretty soon. (laughs) And I'm wearing, and he kind of looks down, and it's just like this mud-stained, brownish-green kind of jacket. Well, I guess this.
2: <laughs> all right, so your evil color is brown. The color of excrement. All right, Drell, <laughs> you got a color? I don't believe in evil,
1: so I guess nothing.
4: So if we see Drell without clothing at any point, we all need to be wary. I'm not sure how I
2: feel about the no no evil thing, but actually I do know how I feel. I don't really care. Whatever. You can be brown <laughs> with Gordax. Now, now, why are we... Look, th-
1: the real treasure is not some fancy clothes changing device. The real treasure, and he snatches the egg from Gordax and holds it aloft, is this. This will help us decipher the further mysteries of the Sith and the Force.
2: All right, now I got a question. Do these, like, hatch into Sith?
1: Yeah, th- th-
3: that, he says, pointing to Skoga, and more likely, um, what happens if we don't? do something evil with it? Will this Ajunta Paul come back from the grave and haunt us? He
4: just told us to do whatever we want to do with it. He didn't tell us to do something evil with it. Presumably we can do whatever we
2: want. He said as long as we accomplish our purposes, which is collecting all the Sith eggs and getting paid.
5: So... What I think we should do is have Wes sit on it until a little tiny Sithling hatches and tells us all of their secrets. Because that's what I'm picturing right now.
1: Now, while the rest of you then debate the stupidest things in the galaxy, I'm going to go into the main hold, put this with the other one, try to decipher some of these languages, some of these glyphs and whatnot, and why don't you idiots take us to Ilum? I thought that's where we were going.
2: Drill, I was just killing time. We've got a while here in hyperspace. While Drill is
4: walking away, he just hears, you know, behind him, just Wes calling. Drell, I treasure you... Almost as much as we treasure Bog. Well, tell me about this Bog. Imagine the best J-Turn pilot in the universe. That is Bog.
0: Skoga looks at Gordax and he says,
2: Gordax, let me tell you a tale. We have to start at the beginning, all the way back
0: on Trandosha. And he puts his arm around Gordax and starts leading him out of the room as he begins to recount the tale of his own birth.